This episode of Oops! The Podcast is brought to you by Roman Swipes. Now, most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but thinking about baseball doesn't always work. The folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer lasting sex. Roman Swipes are clinically proven to make you last way longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner, so you can last without worrying, and they're super easy to use. Just take the swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. When you go to GetRoman.com backslash Francis, you can get your first month of swipes for just $5. That's right, just $5 when you choose a monthly plan. If you use the link, getroman.com backslash Francis. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, everybody. It's Oops! The Podcast. This is our fourth week of operation. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, as always, Giulio Gallarati. So glad I'm good to be here, man. Yes, we are having a great time. We have a wonderful guest on the show today who will be joining us in just a moment. Corinne Fisher from Guys We Fucked, uh, an incredibly massive podcast, very influential and uh, we're excited to have her. But first, Julio and I are going to kick it for a little bit. How many times have you said I love you? A bunch. Like a, a like to over... Oh, like and didn't mean it? No, no, no. Let's say to how many people, how many women have you told I love you to? And where you were like, afterwards, you're like, that <laughs> I was wrong. Never immediately. No. I mean, there's definitely been times where, like, I got too excited in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then later was like, oh, boy. I've <laughs> been there. Been there, my friend. Been <laughs> there many I got times. Myself into? So then you kind of try to, like, re- reason with the emotions. You're like, all right, this was clearly a huge mistake. I shouldn't have said that. Um, Do you walk it back? Do you tell them you, were, you weren't telling the truth? So, no. And I think there's I can only think of one time where that happened. And I think neither of us meant it. I think I was like overzealous. And I think she was kind of like, oh, wow, this is fun. Like, mm. I guess me too. And then I kind of just kind of like felt bad. And I was trying to reason with it and trying to convince myself that it was true. And then it kind of slowly just kind of evaporated. Wow, that's a very logical way to go about love. You tried <laughs> to reason with it. Love is not reasonable. Uh, it's instinct and heart based. It's true. You can't temper the, the whims of the heart. I've told probably... 40 girls, I love them. 40? 4-0? Well, a lot in high school. That was a big love time for me. Right. I was really shooting a lot of love arrows. You were loving it. I was loving it like McDonald's. <laughs> I was telling girls in McDonald's that I loved them. You were Ronald McDonald. I was the fucking, yeah, Ronald McDonald, big red-headed goon. My <laughs> you are Ronald McDonald. Telling girls I love them. <laughs> You're you're literally wearing yellow pants right now. I'm wearing my bird dogs. I love these shorts, man. Fucking love them. I was Um, rocking them all all week. Here's how you know we actually love these shorts. We wear them when we don't have to. They didn't tell us we had to wear them for the episode. (laughs) I'm still wearing them. Hey, we'll we'll get into that bird dog stuff later. Yeah, telling a girl you love her too soon is a big mistake. It can be. That's a big oops. Um, I agree. Because I I, I do a bit about it in my stand-up, but it's like you can't can't put that toothpaste back in the tube. You, You remember it. And once you said it, once you've broken the love you seal, you have to keep saying it. There's no like first I love you and then three months later, the next one. 
Right, right. You once you said it, you've got to keep saying it, or else she thinks something is really wrong. Right. That's a weird conversation. I noticed you haven't been saying you love me anymore after, right. after you say it. Or did you ever do this? This is a really immature thing to do. To be like, I'm gonna say it once, and I'm not gonna say it again. I love you, but we can't say it because I don't. You're going away to college. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who are you dating, bro? I said that. I said that in high school. Oh. All right. We're talking about mistakes in relationships. And I think that a big mistake that you can make in a relationship, and this is going to sound weird, but if you show your girlfriend some sort of like artist who's awesome, like whether it be a rapper or a singer or whatever, it could end up coming back to bite you in the ass. Why? Because they didn't know that person existed. And now you put that person on a pedestal for them. And like, they might end up having sex with that person someday. Oh, that's why this happened to me. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear that story. But the reason I thought you were going to tell me it's a mistake to introduce them to a good musician or artist is because then they'll introduce that artist to all their friends and say, listen to this amazing musician and they won't give you credit. And you won't be the guy <laughs> who brought that person into the school. That's significantly less bad. That would but drive me nuts. That is annoying. Look, if my fucking girlfriend were like, oh, you got to check out Skizzy Mars, this guy I found, and didn't give me credit for it. Do you know Skizzy know Mars? Yeah. That's cool. We should have him on the pod. We could definitely have Everybody him talks about Skizzy That's Mars. That's funny. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. He's a good kid. Um, okay. What do you got? Give me, um, give me what happened here. Okay. This is amazing. So this is even worse than like, this is like, I didn't know the, it's, it's not like I knew the artist. You know what I mean? That would be bad. That would be bad too. But this is a completely different thing. But I've noticed that this could potentially happen and I almost kind of like willed it into happening. So this is what happened. I was a big fan of the Migos. Oh yeah, loved them. They're the great. three Amigos. The three, the three Amigos. Yeah, that's funny. The three of Migos. The three of Migos. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would always listen to them. Like, oh, they're so good. They're so good. And she like then the Migos were on her radar. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whatever, no big deal. But then one of her friends uh, worked like ran, ran their clothing, whatever, and. Uh, she was like, we got tickets to the Migos backstage. Like, you should totally come. Like, it'll be great. And she was like, okay, so fun. So she goes to this concert. She's backstage at the concert, Snapchatting and stuff. I'm just kind of like, oh, this is not great. Wow. This isn't going well. Uh, and then later in the evening, she comes home and she's getting texts from the, the guys in the group. All of them? No, one in particular. And I know that it was definitely the person from the group because there aren't that many guys named Cueva. Quavo. So I was like, why is Quavo texting you? She's like, babe, chill. We're just friends. I was like, what? Like, no, you're not. No, you he listen doesn't to have their music. friends. And at the time, their big, Bad and Bougie had not yet come out. So there's their top song at the time was Fight Night. And literally the lyrics to the song are hit her with the, or hit him with the left, hit her with the right, knock the pussy out like Fight Night. That's violent too. And I'm like, these, you, these, they've broken some hymens. These are your new friends. Mm-hmm. These guys who say this. Right. I go from being a fan to immediately like being against hip hop in general. I'm like, and that's the only thing that's in, that's difficult about this situation is like in hip hop, like those guys brag about banging your girlfriend. Like that's all they do. And not only do they brag about banging your girlfriend, but then they also call you a loser. So it's like a double thing. It's like I banged your girlfriend and dude, you're a loser. That's why your girlfriend banged me. She doesn't like you. Like I'm so much cooler than you. I spent so much money on her. I bought her all this shit. Yeah, but that that's what they say. It's all bluster though. Cause I oh, remember rhetoric. remember who who's the one who married Cardi B? Offset. And he's one of them, right? Yeah. 
It's Offset, Quavo, and it's Quan. Take off. Quan. Rich homie Quan is one of their... <laughs> that just sounded He's racist. not one of them? Quan is not... I, <laughs> his people who know him call him Quan. Richie, Rich homie Quan, who apparently people who know him better call him Quan, which I don't... I'm sure that's true. He's like an affiliate. What was it, like a cousin? I don't know. He was under the same record label. He's become much more insignificant recently, though. Hopefully, shout out Rich Homie Kwan. Hopefully, he can make a comeback. You know why I call him Kwan? Why? Because Lil Dicky calls him Kwan. And Lil Dicky's awesome. Lil Dicky is awesome. He calls him Kwan in that song uh, about get, spending a lot of money or looking like he's spending a lot of money, but not save, save that money. Oh, right, right. He's like, you know what, Quan? Two verses would have been too expensive anyway. He says Quan, <laughs> so he abbreviates. That's why I know him as Quan. I like that. But the Migos. So. Oh yeah. So dude. So then. So then this. They were inviting her to go to the strip club. Oh my god. And she's like, let's go, whatever. And they never end up going. Um, but this girl is the type of girl that like have, would do like sneaky stuff sometimes. So I remember just being really jealous and then not listening to Migos for like. A really long time after oh, that. Oh, you showed them. But, but I showed them. No, I, I wasn't even, like, f- to make a point. Like, I was just like, how can I be listening to these guys who are, like, either trying to bang my girlfriend or have successfully banged my girlfriend? But this is the problem. When I finally start listening again, I start hearing moments in songs that just sound eerily similar to something that was aligned with my wow. life. I remember there were times where I'd invite her over, and she'd be like, I can't. Like, I'm at my mom's. I'm at my mom's. It would be, like, late, too. It would be, like, mm-hmm. 3 a.m. She would text me back. I'd be like, oh, weird. But then I literally remember a line that was like, where was she three o'clock on the dot? Her mama's house? That's a goddamn lie. Say, where were you three o'clock on the dot? My mama's house. You're a goddamn lie. <laughs> I was like, fuck, dude. Like, dude. Sounding too eerily similar to my life. That's, that's crazy. That's like when you say, you know when people say like, if you want to find something and you go looking for it, you will find it. Yes, 100%. That's what that is. That's exactly what that is. But still, it was terrible, and I was like, I can't listen to this for a while. I I thought when you said you were hearing Migos rap lyrics that sounded eerily similar to you, that it was going to be like, met this girl backstage at one of our shows. I knew immediately she was one of our hosts. Said her boyfriend didn't fill her with desire. All he ever wanted was to start fires, plays <laughs> tennis, hits a nice backhand. His name is Julio, but he's half a man. He wears ripped <laughs> jeans and he has to pay more. They call them distress, but she's our whore. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's the Migos. That was a good, that was hot. Remember that thing That's about the fires? 16. That would be you. I know. That would be you about the fire because you started that fire. I did start that fire. Mm. Well, we've seen some mistakes this week in the news. The Amazon rainforest is burning. Right. That was a good segue. I fucked that up for you. You had a nice moment That's okay. with, with the fires and the freestyle. I know. You're you ready. you watched that. We were talking earlier. You watch. Uh, you watch the Amazon rainforest burning. You probably come yourself. <laughs> you're an ar- you're an arsonist, <laughs> especially wildfires. No, now I'm an activist against wildfires. Oh, okay. Yeah. Would you ever fly one of those helicopters that dumps the big buckets? I would. Those are cool. They seem dangerous. They seem dangerous and not effective at all. This is true. The only way to fight forest fires is by burning what are called uh, like lead fires, I think. Really? Basically controlled burns of areas that forest fires are are heading into. Ah, So So you burn up all their fuel and then you um, 
and then hopefully it stops. It's very hard to stop a forest fire, though. They move at like 25, 40 miles an hour. It's crazy, which is why the Amazon thing's so crazy because it's really damp. It's like the dampest part of the world. Yeah. It should be hard, but like it's a, it, the farmers are doing it on purpose. Right. Like to expand their farmland, the, the, the new administration, who this guy's like the South American Trump, Bolsonaro, mm. he's like encouraging it and acting like he's not. And now like the fires are just like expanding rapidly and like people. It's gotten out of control. It's like they, the farmers right. try to expand it, and then the fires get out of control. Obviously, that's what happens with wildfires, but it's sad to see the rainforest on fire. Man. Really fucked up. You wouldn't think something called the rainforest would have much of a, a fire problem, but it, do, it does. They also have fire ants in the rainforest. Do you know what those are? They have those everywhere, though, don't they? Could, could be. Um, <laughs> but also, they have soldier ants. And you know what's cool about soldier ants? What do they do? If you get a really deep cut in the rainforest, let's say that you fall on your Swiss Army knife, you can scurry up, forage for a whole bunch of these soldier ants, and then you put them on the cut, and they bite the cut, and then you pull their bodies off of their heads... And you use them as sutures. Oh, wow. True story. That's insane. You can suture a wound in the rainforest using the heads of soldier ants. I was going to say that's symbiotic, but like it's not actually because you murdered them. No, you're killing them. You're removing their (laughs) thoraxes and their abdomens. Their last meal. Yeah. They had no idea. But a good cause. No less. <laughs> it's true. Speaking of animals, we were talking about how forest fires move at 40 miles an hour. You know what else moves at 40 miles an hour? Bears. Ostriches. <laughs> really? Bears move that fast? Grizzly bears fucking move. We got to check. Chris, can you check how fast grizzly bears can I run? I don't think it's 40. They can run fast, way faster than you think, but ostriches can too? A fully grown male ostrich can run at 40 miles an hour. Don't even think that a woman ostrich can run that fast. They can't. <laughs> They're not as fast. What are they running for? Like, are ostriches dangerous to humans? They're probably trying to escape the fires. Right. <laughs> and they're neck and neck Ostriches don't the live in the rain. They live on the plains, don't they? Do they live on the plains? 35 miles an hour. <clears throat> 35 miles Whoa. an hour. Grizzly bear's 35, which means that an ostrich would, would, would beat a grizzly bear pretty handily. But that's fast. 35 fast. Man. For something that gigantic. Did you ever see The Revenant? Yeah. That scene where Leo gets mauled by the grizzly bear? Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's, that's a great scene, would you? Ostrich top speed, 43 miles an hour. Wow. wow. Ostrich is 43. That's the male. Don't forget, it's the male ostrich. That's fast. Dude, yeah. I, did, I shot this like uh, proof of concept for a film in L.A. like two or three months ago, and they were trying to get me to eat these raw mushrooms that like aren't good for your digestion. And I was like, dude, I'm not eating these. And they're like, come on, man. Leo actually ate like raw meat in The Revenant. I was like, Leo was making $5 million. $50 million for that movie. Yeah. And he won an Oscar for it. Yeah. Dude, like, no, like, I'm not eating a bunch of fucking mushrooms. And shout out to my boy. I love him. Santiago. He's a great guy. I love him to death. We had a great time shooting this, but no shot. Yeah. If Alexander Iñarito asked me on the set of one of his Oscar-headed films... To eat mushrooms, I probably would. But if old Santiago did for 
my day pay of sixty dollars <laughs> and probably going to Taco Bell. Yeah, dude, no shot. All right, so I think they're like minor mistakes that we all make kind of can equate to like life hacks. Right. In a way. You know what I mean? There's certain things that you should and should not be doing on a regular basis that are simple that could just make your life way better. Okay. For example, I went to like a little business dinner meeting the other night. Oh, classic. Me, a couple comics, we all went together. My friend shows up to this thing. This is like a fancy hotel. It was at the Edition in Times Square. It's new. It's beautiful. It's like fancy. My buddy shows up with a backpack and a skateboard. Oh. Don't do that, dude. Yeah, that's that's really a statement that you're not buying in, you know, that you want to be. When you become that anti-whatever society, uh, you're then you are undoing the very act of being different. Yeah, it's it's just stupid. It's like put your backpack away, dude. Backpacks are no good. Yeah, and and I don't think he was necessarily doing it to be cool or like ironic. I think it was more of like he was coming from whatever he was doing type of thing. But like you know, you have that meeting. Like leave your fucking skateboard at home, dude. Like you immediately undersell yourself when you walk in that door with your fucking skateboard. Yeah, no one's gonna take you seriously. Leave like and and granted, I wear a backpack all the time, and I bring a bag around. But like if you can, leave the backpack out. Right. Yeah, that's totally right. Unless it were Tony Hawk. In which case, if he showed up without a skateboard, I would be disappointed. I would be like, well, we're not going to see anything now. Dude, I saw him once on the street. It was probably one of the coolest celebrity sightings I ever saw in New York. First of all, he's like 6'4". Really? He's super tall. Really? Super tall. He Can we look up how tall Tony Hawk is? <clears throat> I saw him. He was walking with a woman. I presume it was his wife. If it wasn't, he's a cheater. And uh, he did not have a skateboard, and someone was saying hi to him. But he seemed like a good dude. He looked weathered. Six three. Six three. Does, oh, wow. He does seem like a good dude. Yeah, seems like a really good dude. We should get him on the pod. Tony Hawk. That would be dope. It seems like he's a guy who hasn't really made many mistakes. Correct. Turned skateboarding into a mainstream sport. He killed really it did. with video game franchises. Oh, my God. The video games. Birdhouse. Did you ever skateboard? No. No? Not really, no. Ah, I, I loved around. it in fourth grade. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it so much. <clears throat> I had a Zoo York skateboard. Oh, wow. And I would wear Etnies shoes to school. And I would wear like Fat, what was it called? No, Funny Farm? Fat no. Farm. Fat Farm With was. A PH. Yeah, then, that, then I did move oh, into my fun. urban side. <laughs> I did move into that. I bought the some Echo place. jeans and I liked those so much. Then I went and got a Nietzsche. I got an Nietzsche shirt. <laughs> is it Anichi or is it NYC? I, I believe Anichi. E N Y C E. Anichi. That's what I always thought it was. I don't know that for a fact. That was mm-hmm. before like Google. Yeah, you couldn't figure that. Out. And also uh, South Pole. Oh, I had some South, South Pole, Pole jeans or uh, Pelly Pelly. Some Pelly Pelly. Yeah, Rockaware. Uh, Sean John. Fubu. Fubu. That I wouldn't go near the Fubu because they prevented me with the name. For us, by us, and I was not us. I've lived around not enough us for me to have a problem wearing FUBU. I had a FUBU t-shirt. No one gave me a problem. Oh, you think that just because you lived around us. I did not live around us. You did not? No. So because you didn't live around us, you were like, no one's ever going to see me in this. No, no us exactly. is going to see me There in was this. only three us in, in our high school, and they were all cool. <laughs> What a way to talk about black people. <laughs> people. Anyone listening at that point was probably like, am I getting this right? Are they talking about black people? 
Well, they made that movie, Us. They did? That was. A, did you like that movie? I didn't see it. I heard it. It was he, pretty heard, good. I heard it's controversial to say that it's better than Get Out. That's wrong. No, <laughs> nobody. I, I, I've never heard anybody say that. Yeah. I don't think it was. I don't think it was even close to Get Out. But I thought it was a solid movie. It was scary. Yeah. It was much scarier than Get Out. But Get Out was like brilliant. Yeah. It was so, so um, complicated and simple at the same time. If that makes sense. Like I didn't watch it and think like, what the fuck is going on? Totally. I watched it and was like. Wow, what a twist. What a twist. I didn't see that coming, but I understand what's happening. Yeah, I liked it a lot, too. It was great. And that whole thing was cool, too, to see uh, Jordan Peele, who I just associated with being a sketch comedy guy, yeah. get to completely reinvent himself like Ooh. that. What a cool 2019 situation. Yeah, that was a great, great year. It's inspiring, too. It's like we can wear multiple hats. We can. As people who create stuff, which is <clears throat> awesome, you know? Yeah. It's fucking cool. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. Julia, I got, I got to introduce you to somebody. Okay. Sometimes I DM with this uh, 13-year-old kid named Noah. Mm-hmm. Where's he from? Um, he's from, I'm not really sure. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> I've never asked him that, but sometimes he'll just like send me pictures of him going to play hockey. Okay. Like that. Here he is. He's a hockey fan with Young a sign. Girl. 97, number 97. I came 1,600 miles to see you play. He's probably rounding with that number. He also wrote hi mom on the bottom of his sign. He's cute. Cute kid. Cute. Good looking dude. 13 years old. I think anyway, he and I DM all the time, <laughs> all the time. Let me just read you some of the DMs that we've shared. Um, he goes, Francis, how long are you in Chicago for? And I said, I just got back to NYC, exclamation point. He goes, nice. Do you ever miss Maine? I say, yeah, man, all the time. But I get home a good amount. He goes, that's nice. I don't really get to go back to Arizona. I kind of miss it, but I love the snow. And that was just like one of our exchanges. Okay. Pretty sweet, right? Um, on the surface? Uh, yeah. Th- th- he was really into our, our radio show. He would call in sometimes. And so one day he sent me this. I'm taking a lift to school and I lost my AirPod case. So they're dead. So I can't talk. So can you answer my question? It's this. Why are the Cleveland Browns so bad this year? I said, oh, sorry, man. I missed this. He goes, it's fine. Good show today. I said, thanks. And then there's another one okay. I want to read you. Okay. okay. He goes, sorry, I haven't called in for a while. I have been busy with hockey tournaments. I get a slight break tomorrow, then back on the grind. Nice. I was like, cool. I'm not on, but I'll, I'm going to be gone tomorrow, but whatever. That's great. Call in. <laughs> then he, then he, the day I got fired, he goes, uh, he goes, Francis, are you okay? You got fired. And I just wanted to make sure everything is going smoothly with you. <laughs> and then he sent me a screenshot of like the news briefing of me being 
fired as if I didn't know. Oh, my God. He's 13. That's hilarious. Anyway, the point is, he and I talk a lot, and I'm thinking that by the time he turns 18, I will have laid enough groundwork that I can bang him. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's a long game, Julio. This is the, the most long game I've ever played. We're talking five years more of this shit. He goes, do you miss Barstool? I said, sometimes, sure. But I like what I'm doing now, too. And he goes, did you know that I broke my arm and I had to have surgery yesterday? I was like, damn, dude, really? What happened? I was playing hockey, made a move on some kid, passed the puck, but left my left arm open. He checked it and it snapped. This happened when I was in Austria. I said, wow, that's a nightmare, bud. How long are you out for? He goes, six weeks. I said, I'm sorry to hear it, but that's not the end of the world. You'll be back soon. He goes, yeah, I will be. See what I'm doing here? This is the long game. Is, is this going to have a father? I hope not. I don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> this, is nice, this is a nice relationship. But yeah, man, you could definitely cultivate this into romance. He sent me a whole bunch of pictures of like his freshman orientation day at high school. Like they, I guess all the kids gave him a big welcome dance. And, and he put up a bunch of Snapchats and they sent me those two. Not the ones I wanted. But... He like, look, like that's his, like, those are the high school kids. Their welcome crew is ready. Yeah, that's it. My kid is not allowed to have a phone until he's 16. Yeah, he sure, certainly shouldn't be DMing 30-year-olds. <laughs> 30-year-old men, dude. Who have admitted on their podcast that they're trying to wait until he's ready for the pipe. <laughs> uh, I'm busting hymens left and right. <laughs> Noah, dude. Yeah. Jesus. I'm, by the way, I'm totally kidding. Noah, you're the man. I'm actually not trying to pipe. Um, I'm into chicks. Well, we, I, I hope that we'll see if Noah keeps messaging you after this. I know. We'll <laughs> see. But he's a great dude. I actually really, he's so sincere. I like our exchanges. Keeps me honest. It's good, man. Most of the people that I DM with are full of shit. You know? <laughs> Nothing would like in what way. Yeah, girls would be like, hey, you, what's up? And then I look at their account and they have zero followers. Oh. And they're like from Russia or Click something. This link. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, you're not you're not a thirteen year old boy. <laughs> anyway, I love that kid, Noah. Dude, you know what? Here's how ridiculous of a person I am. I often fantasize about stopping a mass shooting. That's cool. I have this weird fantasy that I'll be in like a shopping mall and a guy, I'll be up on like a, a the second tier of, a, <laughs> of an atrium, you know, that like, yeah. and but below. And I'll, I'll see out of the corner of my eye as I'm eating like Auntie Anne's pretzel bites, a guy come in and he's going to be wearing like paintball gear, you know, one of those visor helmets. And he's got like a fucking bulletproof vest. They always get dressed up. You know what I mean? Oh, like the, what do you mean? The guys who are like, who are the mass right. shooters? They, they, always, they make a fashion statement. They always have the, the latest gear. They, they get geared <laughs> out for their fucking horrible shit. And I'll see him and he'll be, he'll walk out, you know, with like an AK and there's going to be all these people and they haven't noticed him yet. And just as he's like cocking his rifle, I will flying squirrel jump off the top and land on him and knock the gun free and somehow subdue him and maybe I'll break an ankle 
Right. You know, just enough to be in a cast for the press tour, for the Presidential <laughs> Medal of Freedom, for the beer at the White House in the Rose Garden, for... Is that part of the honor? You get a beer in the White House? Absolutely. Let's say that he has, you know, one of those high-capacity uh, magazines and, like, seven or eight guns, maybe some grenades, and you're like, dude, where the fuck did you get grenades from? <laughs> <laughs> the point is, he was trying to do some serious damage, and I thwarted it. I'm the thwartee. <laughs> and I'm... You're the thwarter. Yeah. Or are I, you the thwartee? I'm the thwarter. You're the thwarter. He is the thwartee. <laughs> he is the thwartee. So, I, re- I get a book deal. There's a movie that spins off from the book deal. All because in this split second, I reacted, and I'll tell everybody, you know, I wasn't thinking... I'm not a hero. You weren't even trying to be a hero. I did what anybody would have done in that situation. <laughs> but the reality is I was looking for this to happen for years. In fact, <laughs> I was going to shopping malls in places like Minneapolis, places like Iowa, where people are affected by seasonal affective disorder. And there's a lot of depression. I'm going to shopping malls. I've scoped out shopping malls where they have balconies and spiral tiers over atriums and i was looking for this to happen and i stopped it that's does that ever come into the surface that makes this story a little more the arc a little more interesting at least for a reader not for your life no i don't think i tell anyone and in fact if it happens we'll go back and delete this episode to make sure nobody could knew that i was i was because then they'll start to think that i like paid the guy Right. You like know, a, that like I a, like encouraged him to do it or some shit. But here's how. Like a Jesse. Dude, yeah, exactly. Here's how vehement and clear I am about this, this thing happening. Uh, I have not done certain things to further my career because I was like, I don't need to do that. I'm going to stop the mass shooter and that'll get me famous instead. I mean, listen, enough of them happen that, like, you could theoretically. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. do you ever have, like, a, like you ever mine been, like. Is my, mine is with a fi- saving somebody from a fire. See, that's a pretty good one, too. Is ironic. Because you set the fire. Because I set a fire. But I've been having that fantasy for uh, forever. Like, I save a girl. Or, actually, sometimes I fantasize about pushing an old woman out of the way of a car. Mm. Neither of us get hurt. And then she writes me a check for a million dollars. Oh, because she's. Yeah, okay. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I. <laughs> Dude, I'm, it's crazy. It's crazy. I have these. What are they? What would you call that? Is that like delusions of grandeur? Daydreaming. I don't think delusions of grandeur is you already thinking that you sit. You, you saved are worth. Someone. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, like if you're like I podcasted about saving people from shootings, therefore I save people from shootings. I think that would be delusions of grandeur. That's fair. <laughs> That's great though. This is a good topic. It's I also like, funny where our heads are at, dude. Because you you have fire. You I want have, glory. Yeah. You want the glory. I'm more considered just, I'm more interested in financial gain. Uh, Our powers combined. I, I think, I think my financial gain is an outcome that I know to be true. Like I, that's something I'm considering. And that's a smart long game. It's smarter than mine. Kind of like what I'm doing with Noah. This is <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the camera. Uh-huh. Straight into the camera. Well, but hold on though. This, this is fascinating because 
right? You you just see it as a direct check from the old lady. That's how I see and then, it. And then you're like, that's all I want? That's all I need? Yeah, and I should be thinking bigger picture. Like, I want the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Right. Because with the Presidential Freedom comes the book deal and comes Yeah, you the, get the book deal. And see, see, that's the thing. You get to consult I, on the true story. I could write that book. I just need the event. I have a hard time writing when I have nothing to write about. But when I have something to write about, like jumping like a flying squirrel. Did you, you've seen Pineapple Express. Yeah, I have. You know when Seth Rogen jumps off in the final fight scene, uh, like the weed, they're underground, yeah, yeah. and he like jumps off and flying squirrels and lands on the guy? <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. If you do it properly, you won't even get injured. I just, I can just think like, yeah, yeah. Oh, sometimes, sometimes I think about after I've landed on him and maybe I've like broken his spine, but he's still trying to like grab a gun on the ground. I pull out the gun and I shoot him in the head. Reluctantly because you're such a good person because killing is bad no matter what. Yeah, because I- So you just, you look away. Yeah, because I don't want the blood to splatter on Like you're shooting a deer. They just got hit by a car. Yeah, putting him out of our misery. Putting him out, that's good. That's good. That's the name of the book. Putting- Putting him out of our misery. Yeah, that's right. It's fucking great, man. Dude, I think about this stuff all the time. When I was working at Barstool, I used to envision, and by the way, it wasn't entirely my fault that I had this idea. The fire marshal used to come into our fucking office like once every two months to give us an updated safety briefing on what to do in the event that an active shooter came up out of the elevator. Wow. They would they would do that all the time. Wow. We in our office buildings. And I don't know if he was like required to do it that often by law. Or if he just knew that we were Barstool and his son was a fan because he mentioned that and liked being on stool scenes like this back camera show we had. Right. But the point was, it was so at the front of my mind that for weeks after that, I would envision some dude coming out of you know the elevator, someone who we had made feel bad on the internet. Like we'd right. all attacked some fucking troll, right? He finds out where Barstool is, he gets all of his gear, comes up the elevator the security guard we had at the ground floor was wasn't worth shit and he comes out and i was sitting i i sat very close to the elevator and he's like fuck you barstool and he like cocks his gun and everyone cowers behind their desk and maybe i was in the bathroom i think that's what happened i come out of the bathroom and he doesn't see me right because he's focusing on all the people and i just take a running sprint and tackle him and then i would smash his head through this glass table and this would all be caught on the overhead cameras (laughs) and they would play it for weeks on all the news channels and then i would kill him and nobody would get mad at me for killing him. Of course not. Because they'd be like, self-defense. And I, it's tough to say self-defense because I'd already broken his spine. So he was paralyzed. But the whole thing's on tape. Yeah, you can still shoot somebody with a broken spine if they brought the guns into the office. He came in with a guitar case, dropped it. Bingo. Cock, cock, or whatever, put the magazine in, and you came out of the bathroom, clotheslined him, broke his spine. Broke his spine. Glass table. Glass table just to really break it again. And then... Self-defense. And then shoot him in the head because there's still a chance somehow that he can unpin a couple of the grenades. 100%. That's how it goes down. That's how it goes down. Emotional moment. Do you have any other fantasies like this? 
I mean, yeah, I like have, I fantasize about being great. I fantasize about it all the time. It's great. Not this all particular the time, one, but this is interesting. Active shooters happen to me all the time. Um, sometimes on the subway, I have fantasies. I dude, that I don't think about that enough. But we're lucky that this is like a a well kind of like surveilled and patrolled city in New York. Yeah, kinda. But it's, it's considered a very safe city. Fine, but dude, something insane happens every fucking two weeks. Like remember the, you remember the ISIS attack where the guy drove the truck down the running path on the West Side Highway? I do remember that. Dude, I, I biked down that path almost every fucking day. Really? I ran it yesterday. I biked that way when I go to, to my golf course. I bike along it. And now they've added these massive cement blocks every 200 yards that you have to like oh, weave yeah, through yeah, yeah. so that the, the but a that. truck couldn't do it. But that's ISIS's new technique. Right. It's just driving a truck through a very crowded pedestrian walkway. Right, right, right. And it's like much more effective than uh, a suicide bomber. That story happened when I was in Africa and I was in like a very safe part of Africa and I was in Rwanda and my friends were like, oh my God, dude, like, are you safe? Are you okay? I was like, guys, a guy just ran over a bunch of people in the street. Like, are you right, safe? Right. Like, I'm in a very secure place. Well, people hear Rwanda and they think of the Civil War and the Don Cheadle classic right. Hotel Rwanda. Exactly. But that was in the like early 90s or Mid something. Mid 90s. Mid 90s. And they've since really developed that country. I heard it's the second most uh, developed country in Africa now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they've been doing a ton of construction and like it's a very nice place. You know what they have there that I really want to do? What? Bucket list item. Gorilla trekking. Oh, yeah. Have you done that? Kind of. Like, we did it in a... We did it in a, on, a, on a hike that you could theoretically see gorillas. And you didn't see But any. we, like, didn't really. That but doesn't the, sound like gorilla but trekking. the problem it was... It sounds like trekking. Dude, I was hungover, and we climbed this 13,000-foot mountain. Oh, shit. And I wanted to die the entire time. So if I had even seen a fucking silverback, I wouldn't even have cared. Wow. It was brutal. And, like, muddy. And, that like, sucks. I fell 50 times. And a guy, there's a guy with a rifle who has to accompany you because there's buffaloes in the mountains that are, like, very testy, apparently. And all sorts of critters. And, like, it supposedly rains every day. It didn't rain, thank God. But I, it was a miserable hike. There was no path. That sucks. The good news is when you're doing all these exciting outdoor activities, whether it's on land or in the air or in sea, whatever, you can do it while wearing bird dog shorts. Hell yes. That is exactly right. Bird dogs, man. These shorts are so fucking comfortable. I can't even I can't even tell you guys. They're incredible. I was wearing them all week and like as I've been saying, this has kind of been the theme of our episodes, but I've been doing all sorts of activities wearing them. Beach won't going in the ocean, going in pools, playing tennis, hanging out, and sometimes without bathing in between. I know that might be a taboo part of this. No, and you know why it's not? Because they dry faster than bathing suits. Did right. you know that? They do. No, I know. They're I've the gym the shorts flesh. with a built-in silky soft inner boxer brief that makes underwear obsolete. It literally feels like we're wearing nothing. Like I'm walking around naked. You can wear them in the water. Uh, they're amazing. Go to birddogs.com, enter promo code FIRED, and they'll throw in a pair of nunchucks. Yep, you heard that right. Nunchucks. They'll give you an actual weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, promo code FIRED. And boom, a free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off. I promise you. I went skydiving once and I was violently hungover. And 
it was one of those things where I went to bed at, you know, four, it was in Denver. I went to bed at four in the morning out drinking all night. I had, I hooked up with a girl in a pool. Sounds nice. It was like a, but it wasn't even like a private pool. It was like a public pool. <laughs> like we snuck there? in, oh, nice, we like nice. hopped a fence and it was like an Olympic size swimming pool with like a high dive. <laughs> and it. I was, we were like, like jumping off the high dive and then hooking up in the pool. Classic suburban community pool. Yeah. Our, our sex juice is infused with the chlorine. Skydiving was a problem hungover. And I'll tell you why. First of all, we had to drive like an hour and a half to get there. And while we're driving, I'm going from being still drunk to hungover and exhausted. So we get to the place where the plane is. And then I had to put on the whole fucking suit. By the way, you know who was on the plane for this skydive with me? <laughs> Alex Honnold. What? <laughs> no joke. The guy. This is the guy who climbed uh, El, El Capitan. El Cap from Free, Free Solo. Solo. No We way. talked to this guy. Talked to him. Fucking great dude. Clearly a thrill seeker because, you know, as if free soloing wasn't enough, he's getting his skydiving license. Is that really what's yeah. happening? Also, his fingers, <laughs> his fingers look like biceps. Dude. They're, they have so much meat on them. They're so muscular. His fingers... It was weird. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen. They're gorilla hands. I mean, have you seen the movie? Yeah. There's points where he's hanging on by two fingers. Yeah, and there's a term for that. 1,200 feet in the air or whatever. Yeah. That movie's so great. Terrifying. So I'm on this plane, and it's one of these tiny little prop planes. It only holds 14 people. And you're already strapped in to the dude behind you. So you're sitting in his lap, basically. And he's whispering sweet nothings in your ear (laughs) and you got your helmet on and your fucking goggles and we're, the plane is just slowly circling up like a bee, like a lazy bumblebee until you get to the right altitude and then you, they open the fucking door and people just start falling out of the plane. Have you done this? Never. It it didn't really hit me what we were about to do until I saw people just like, like, it was like they were being sucked out to space. Do you know what I mean? Yes. They don't just like fall out. You get sucked out. Of the plane. It's not some gentle thing. It's like, because the plane is still going in a direction and then the people don't keep up. So when they fall out, they get whipped back. And uh, Alex Honnold, he was behind me. But it was while we were circling up in the plane and they opened the, the cargo door or whatever and all of a sudden, all these like plane fumes, these ga- gas fumes hit me. And that was when I was like, I'm going to fucking puke. Was that supposed to happen? Uh, yeah. I think it was okay. just like, you know, the, the the air of the skydive situation. This wasn't exactly a very good plane. Jesus. Yeah. So we we finally, we, we go and we fall out. And I'm like, we're in free fall. We're at terminal velocity. And I'm just like don't puke, don't puke. You'll puke all over the dude's face (laughs) above you because he's on top of you. And so I'm like, ah, this sucks. But I didn't, so I couldn't enjoy it. It's like your hike. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Don't do these activities hungover guys. That's a giant mistake. Yeah. And then we landed and we unstrapped and I jogged over to a bush and threw up for like, it was a really violent throw up where everyone was like, oh my God, he's dying. Jesus. You know, where you're making so much noise. Do you, are you a loud puker? I don't know. 
I, I, I am. I'm not like. I might be. <laughs> I'm not like that. I'm like. Ah! Ah! Yeah, that's bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can't control it. Oh god. Yeah. I like. So, I pull muscles when I puke. Though. Yeah, dude. Do my, you too? I get that. Right? I get like a knot uh, in my taint. Me too. Do you get the taint knot? The taint knot. Yeah, that's God, sucks. it's a terrible feeling. So bad. It feels like someone beat the shit out of your taint. <laughs> or just or just took like the uh, the eraser of a pencil and then just pushed it uh, as hard as they could right into your taint. Oh my god. Yeah, it feels like you're puking. being split open from below. Oh god. Like someone's trying to drive a light into there. It was a terrible feeling. The taint knot puke the puke from the taint knot. Your friends, we have a very special guest here today. Very excited. We do. I know you are as well. One of my old friends from Guys We Fucked, Corinne Fisher, ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Corinne, hey. thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Everything you say sounds sarcastic. No, no. You're welcome. This is great. Yes. Um, you are one half of Guys We Fucked, which is, in my mind, kind of like the most pioneering podcast wow. of almost podcasting. Oh, I thought you were like, of 2013. Dude, no. I agree, though, man. And I, I've said stuff like this to you before, too. I think so. It really is. It, like, started a whole trend. It, it, there are innovators, and then there are imitators. And you innovated. Wow. You, my great. friend. Are, and it's true. Yeah. You are. That was this compliment hour. Thank you. Yeah. By the way, when I said that, I pointed at Corinne for emphasis. I like that. People say that pointing is rude. I don't mind. But if you're Delivering a compliment with yeah. a point. You get a soft it, point, too. Yeah, that's right. A full arm point, aggressive, elbow down point. Sweet. There you go. Yeah, it could be like, you're the man. Like, yeah, there's a good. There's lots of good <laughs> points for like, you are the chosen one. You know, I feel like there's lots of ways. I don't understand those like weird social norms that people have. Like when they're like, if you even point at me, I'll fucking fuck your mother. It's like, what? Where did that come from? There we go. <laughs> this is it. This is good. This is what we wanted her for. Here we go. Baby. I'm excited. Corinne, yeah, one sorry. thing is funny. Like I've known you for what? Probably almost 10 years now. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. So I knew you way before you did the podcast. And like, you know, we're all trying to figure out our way and stuff. And I remember when you guys first started to blow up, I had this like drunken conversation late at night. We might have even been smoking weed. And somebody in the room was like, dude, like Corinne is like a fucking cultural icon, dude. <laughs> Mm. That, like, that sounds like Danny Palmer. Like, that voice like, that you just did. No, Danny would be like, dude, Corinne's a fucking cultural icon, dude. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's really cool, dude. It is really cool. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people who start podcasts would say that you were probably an inspiration. And I definitely, that was true for us. Um, mm. I was like, my God, look at what some of these amazing people I know have done and, you know, how much money they've made and and I don't think people always think they know how much money I have but no one knows well I don't mean I don't mean no like I knows. knew I just know that mm -hmm. you've been able to make a living yeah I'm a professional full-time comedian podcast yeah. yeah and I think that that was when I you know was like okay hopefully you were someday like, Cha yeah, yeah it would, it'll get there I don't I don't presume that we will ever make as much as you do but um well I mean you're in a very nice even though it is a rental it's a very nice rental right now oh the old the apartment the old, the old, the old apartment, apartment. The old abode. The I told old him, apartment. I told him you looked like a serial killer when I walked in, but I was like, no, like a nice one, like American Psycho serial killer. Someone that people keep going to see because right. they're like, he might kill me, but it, it, at least I'll be comfortable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, Karen, I think it's nice that you've been able to 
make a show that like or a podcast, whatever you want to call it. Like, is saying show weird? No. Okay, so you've been able to make a thing that is funny that also makes people feel good about themselves. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a double-edged nice. sword. It's it, it's a dangerous place for me because it's like when you. It's unfortunate because when you you even try to do a, a little something nice or positive as a comedian, you open yourself up to uh, more problems. And that, but that's something I only realized later because we kind of just followed the natural course of the podcast, which was like people were asking us for advice. People seem to be really in the dark about their bodies, their lives, their self-confidence, their relationships. So it's like, we just wanted to respond because why wouldn't you, if someone is asking you for help, um, but then they put you on a pedestal and like, you can't make, you know, a, a child sex joke, which I like to do both. I like to do charity sometimes. And I like to uh, also make child sex jokes. We've been doing it all day. <laughs> yeah, we have. There's Shout this 13 year old kid, Noah, that I DM with a lot. He's a hockey player. And, uh, I, I'm playing the long game with him. Cause I know it's like five years before legally I can actually fuck him. <laughs> So well, I please isolate this clip and just yeah. put that on and at Barstool. Yeah. Well, I don't work there anymore. No, I, um, we know. Just I'm going to remind them why. <laughs> that was my game plan there. We all know. No, I, Francis, I, we all know you don't work at Barstool. You've made it quite clear in your yeah. stand up, your oh, yeah. talking, That's social all I've media. Got now yeah. Is, is talking about how I used to work there. I'm yeah, one of them. We all know. Um, yeah. So, so this is great. Uh, you should see this kid though. He's going to look great in five years. Um, so He's developing. It's, he needs time. He's a little, a little short for my taste, but um, well, you're tall. Yeah, and I'll top him. So, um, so uh, <laughs> he's about to hit his growth spurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Space spurt. Getting get me going. Um, Corinne, um, I am. You mentioned something. You allude to something with what you just said, which is that you you cultivate this incredible fan base of people who expect a certain thing. But mm -hmm. as you said, it's a double-edged sword because sure. then they might get mad when you don't do the thing that they want you to do. Oh, they often get mad when right. I am not the person they want to be or the feminist. That's a big problem. Like the, when you're not the feminist or the liberal, they believe you to be, right. a.k.a. had any of your own thoughts. Right. Uh, people get very upset. And, mm. and it's so hard to maintain that incredible link to your fan base mm -hmm. while also being true to the comedy that you believe in and whatnot. I've seen this happen with Amy Schumer. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember when Kurt Metzger yeah. came out and he was a writer on her show. Mm -hmm. This is guy that, you know, very well-known comedian. And he made some, some comments about, uh, was it Weinstein or the Me Too movement? <sighs> yeah, it was something to do with the Me Too movement. What hasn't been, though, in the past two years? Yeah. yeah. And he spoke out in a way that uh, was definitely against the line of, you know, of feminism. And, uh, and Amy had a difficult situation because mm -hmm. she, she, I think she was very fond of Kurt. Yeah. He was an employee of hers as a writer on her show. He's a very talented writer. Very funny guy. Yeah. And she came out and said, you know, I, I don't, I don't condone this. Uh, it's, it, it kind of breaks my heart, whatever it was. Um, and it, you, I wondered in that moment is Amy feeling that she has to say these things because she knows her fan base will be furious if she doesn't, mm -hmm. or does she actually believe what she's saying? And I'm not trying to call into question her uh, sincerity, but have you faced things like that? 
Uh, uh, for myself, usually I'm usually the one who's getting myself in trouble as opposed to, you know, other people. I don't really have any employees. I think Emily, I mean, I have an assistant slash associate producer, but I don't think Emily is doing anything other than taking some fun selfies on Instagram. So she's okay. She's not problematic. She's a millennial. (laughs) Like, and we, you know, Christine and I are millennials, but we're, as Eliza would say, elder millennials millennials, (laughs) and she's a young millennial. Mm -hmm. So it, I think it's good to have a millennial around because sometimes I'll be like, is that, I'll just turn and be like, is that problematic? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because we're, we're seeing the world in different ways. And my cousins, uh, younger cousins who I definitely love, like they go to like, you know, one of them goes to Emerson and I can tell like if we were the same age, I would just probably not get along with her, but I love her, you know, from right. a f- family. So I think it's good. I just keep an eye on her Facebook page and see what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she wouldn't, I hope right. she doesn't Google me because she's not going to like me. <laughs> and it was just unfortunate because, you know, in a family way, she likes me a lot. Right. That, that, that is amazing to me that even within what we call our generations, uh, you know, millennials versus Gen Z, all that stuff, mm-hmm. that there is still a, a, a big discrepancy or spread of uh, mentality, progressiveness, even within our own, you know, categories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the problem. I mean, I think it's more uh, prevalent for liberals, but it's like if you're not this exact version of who they want you to be and you don't share all the liberal ideals, it's like you might as well just have voted for Trump. That's kind of what I feel. And I'm like, I always say for like the past couple of years, I've gone rogue. I do my own thing. There's a lot of parts of feminism I don't agree with. Uh, One thing I was just arguing on the Internet, you know, to not maybe yesterday it was, was this new idea that you are homophobic or transphobic if you don't want to have sex with a trans person or any person for that matter, whether it be race, whether it be color hair. I mean, I, you can fuck whoever the fuck you want to fuck. I like to fuck like fat bearded white dudes and, uh, like, and then thug black eyes, which is what I got in trouble for saying, but that's what I, who I want to fuck. And to say it's fetishizing, like, it's like you want what you want. You get horny when you see what you, what like, is it also discriminating in any way? Yeah. So like, you know, but that being said, like, is it also problematic that a lot of guys only want to have sex with people with, you know, chicks with big tits and blonde hair? Like, I feel like it's just something like less attractive people are making up so that it then becomes some kind of a hate crime (laughs) Mm -hmm. to not fuck ugly people. I want to fuck everyone. Yeah. Like if I, like if I just like, so I walk around like, if I'm a seven and I'd be like, man, if you only want to fuck tens, you're a fucking bigot. And I, as a seven, am going to force fuck you. So you understand what equality is like. This is what equality looks like. You know, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Taking anti-slut shaming to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I mean, the whole kind of, you know, idea of anti-slut shaming is it's like, it's your body, your choice. And if you're not hurting anyone else, and we're not, we, but when we said you're not hurting anyone else, we didn't mean you're not hurting anyone else his feelings and that's how it has been interpreted like if I don't want to fuck you um I don't want to fuck you and I don't need to have a reason the reason could be because I don't like the way you said the word hello like Mm. it does I've had the craziest reasons I I I didn't fuck a guy once because on Mother's Day he posted a picture where he had his arms wrapped around his mother 
in a weird way. And I was like, that's an alarm, <laughs> you know? And then I don't need to explain myself. Yeah. The mom yeah. complex thing is weird though. Yeah. I try to only, uh, my, I always say when I was a little girl, I had this dream of marrying an atheist orphan because I think if your parents are dead, we're just going to get along much better. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend's dad died the year before we met. Stop bragging. It was so lucky because I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> You know, by the time we met, she was mostly healed, but with enough vulnerability that I could still prey upon right, it. Right, perfect. In, in right moments. I love it. It's <laughs> oh. hilarious. Yeah, lean in. The other thing is I don't have to ask his permission to marry her. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a very uh, yeah. archaic thing that yes, we do anyway. So outdated. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's literally like a plot line in Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin. Like, why are we? It's so weird. Asking for her hand in marriage. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. women are not property. The only person you have to ask is the woman. If right. someone, if someone actually, I've already thought about this. If so, and this is why I'm very not married or engaged. Um, and this, if someone <laughs> asked my dad to marry me, that right there would make me not want to marry them anymore. Come on, it's, cr- it's crazy. Right. But but because that means you don't know me at all. Because I, I, th- I think that's what that boils down right, to. Right, right. You don't know me, Corinne. That's a good thing to yeah. To make, I make think a there's a difference between asking permission. And saying, hi, Mr. Fisher, I intend to marry your daughter. <laughs> now that just seems like you're like, like I, no matter what, ha- yeah, what you yeah. say right now, this is what's going to happen. Or, or like, whatever. I, I would really like to marry your daughter. I love her very much. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to Have do you blessing, the cur- courtesy or, yeah. of, of, you know, letting you know beforehand. But why aren't you checking with my mom, too? I, that's well, let's weird. Say, let's say both parents, both parents. You know. Yeah, guys, if you're going to propose to Corinne, make sure you keep run it by them both. Running it by their pair of parents under locks. But that they would laugh at you too. They would lose respect for you. <laughs> right. That's why I love them so much. And, I, and I'm play, t- playing devil's advocate here because you know I, I do find it a very outdated. No, I see what you. I thing. see. I see what you're doing. But I think I think there's a big difference between then because it's not transactional if you're doing it that way. It, you know, it's like I understand. It's a courtesy. It still feels weird to me, and gotcha. it's just not how I. I roll. Cool. Um, but yeah, and I don't think anyone that I have ever dated would ever show that uh, a level of respect anyway. So I think we're, I think we're in the clear. Fair enough. <laughs> you you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. the thing you got in trouble for. And mm-hmm. this is Oops! The Podcast, where we talk about mistakes. Sure. And I would love to ask you about that incident. Because yeah, I no, think- this is the number one thing I don't like to talk about in press. So let's really talk about it. Well, if you don't, <laughs> no, we it's don't fine. Have to go Honestly, there. I'm more comfortable. That was more like. Uh, you know, a pub with what the publicist said, but I, I disagree with how publicists are handling this cancel culture mm-hmm. because publicists and even managers and agents will, and I, and I respect my managers, especially my manager. I fucking love my managers. One of my favorite people on the planet, but hi, Chris. But, uh, I, I disagree, especially when you're handling comedians with apologizing. However, this particular incident, like I didn't want to say it was a joke because it wasn't a joke. A joke is when you, what something you say when you're doing stand up. It was a comment on a comedic podcast that was certainly not like I wouldn't include the, you know, the comment in a TED talk mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. I've done a TED talk. So I think, you know, that I know how to do both those things and I handle them both very differently. 
but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, Christina and I, this was years ago. Uh, we're having a talk about a dude I fucked just like the show would suggest. And, uh, I was talking about how he was like kind of dorky and I didn't like his personality. He is a person of color, a black guy. And, uh, I said that I prefer to a fuck thug guys and, you know, listening to it back, I was like, yeah, I could have worded it a little better, but you know, I also have six more years of experience in podcasting and just being a public person in general. I wasn't even really a public person at that time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just talking with my friend. And if you expect people to clean up the way they talk around their friends, I think that's just something that's not going to happen, nor should it. Can you imagine walking on eggshells around one of your very best friends? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Right. Right. That's the other thing too. It's like, it's per se, like, I don't, wouldn't call that a mistake. Personally. Oh, like, yeah, no, no, it's not. And it, and it didn't yeah. end up being one. It didn't end up really impacting you, would you say? Um, there, I mean, it, it, there was six months of awkward meetings. I mean, right. even earlier this year, I had a meeting at Comedy Central. And one of the reasons I'm so angry at Comedy Central, uh, which is why I had no problem taking them down with the Dina Hashem thing, um, was because they, for Comedy Network to be on the side of cancel culture, I find very extremely upsetting. Um, and I feel like, you know... Actually, HBO has been pretty in the clear, but like Netflix and uh, Comedy Central, I feel like definitely is leaning into this cancel culture. And it's like you can't at the same time be a comedy network and part of cancel culture. Mm -hmm. I don't know why we decided that we're going to start letting the audience dictate how artists do their art. And I think that's a big mistake. It's, It's basically... Uh, on a larger level, giving the heckler the power, which as stand-up comedians, we all know is the number one thing you do not do. Mm-hmm. And once you do, you lose control of the show. Right. And that's what's happened on, on television, on radio. Um, and it certainly doesn't need to happen in podcasting because podcasting, one of the beautiful things about it is that I'm my own boss and I can say whatever the fuck I want. Out of all the things I've said, I, we've only lost one sponsor and uh, it was Squatty yeah. Potty. And it was because we made fun of the product, but we sold a <laughs> fuck ton of the product. Right. Because if you're Squatty Potty and you're taking it seriously, you don't understand your own brand. <laughs> they also percent. hired. Yeah, they also fucking fired Kathy Griffin for the Donald Trump head picture. All right. That was, that was, she was the new spokesperson. Right, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I think you guys talked about that on your episode. Infuri- yeah, yeah, infuriating. Yeah. They don't mm-hmm. get it. Oh, you're, 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 you no, we're a, we're a shitting stool, but we're like a serious one. <laughs> get the, yeah, it's just, yeah. take your foot out of your own With ass. With that, that name, too. Your name can't rhyme. Yeah. And it, expect to, yeah. Is nothing. It a, is it a potty training tool? Yeah, it's just like if you're, <laughs> basic, basically they say like the way you sit on, especially like American toilets, is not the proper way that you're supposed to uh, relieve yourself. So it elevates your feet, but I mean, it's just a stool. It's a seamless, you know, back in the day when you would put your feet on like the telephone book when you were constipated. Oh my God. We had one of those at the Barstool office, but I always thought it was for the fact that we had a little person who worked there. I knew you were going to say something like that. And I love you for it. I thought it was for old people. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. I thought it was because it was being thoughtful to this little person that worked at our office who didn't want their feet to dangle and sway on the toilet. Everything about you is perfect. Never change. <laughs> I 
really? I just assumed it was her. And then I always thought, like, man, that's so <laughs> that's so weird that he's not taking it away and like hiding it after he finishes. Yeah, because he should be ashamed of his stature. Well, yeah, you're right. I'm just like, man, <laughs> am I supposed to move his shit pedal? Like his oh my shit God. booster? Like, come on, I'm not. So the fact that he's a little person then became a burden on you. No, I, I just like in the same way that I lower the seat because the bathrooms were co-ed. <laughs> I would also think that That's when nice. you're done, right. you should re- replace it to the way that it was before, like when you're camping. And uh, this never happened. That little thing was always there, but I'm glad to know it was for posture. Yeah, instead. it's for poop posture. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that exclusive what it's for? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you could use it as a step stool, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, you can use things for however you want to use them. But yeah, that's how what the, what the commercial <laughs> describes because they they show that you know unicorn uh, shitting the rainbow swirl uh, out of its butt again. Like we, this is like how the company is, crazy, is branded, yeah. and they were like, no, but you have to take you it can't seriously. Yeah. Got to take it seriously. And we were killing it with these ads. People would listen to the podcast just for these ads. People would tweet about it, and I'm like, you guys, it's it's like the same. We took the same approach as. Uh, Bill Burr did with Sherry's Berries. Oh, yeah. and But they understood the value of it. Right. So. That also went, like, viral. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think, it's, yeah. He, like, doesn't give a fuck. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I love that. He's awesome. You, you can't give a fuck. Really yeah. Yeah. So, uh, your, your moment there that, that. My scandal? Yeah, let's call it, yeah, scandal. Moment sure. sounds positive. Yeah. I just think, when you say moment, I think of Kelly Clarkson winning American Idol season one. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, it's nice that we can call it a moment because yeah. now I like you a lot. I think Thanks. everybody does. I respect you a lot. No, that's not true. You know, that's not. You think everybody, everybody who knows you personally does. Yeah, I think people res- respect me. I think a lot of people don't like me, and that's fine. I think if everyone likes you, you're doing comedy all wrong. Mm-hmm. Fine. I don't even mean from that. I just mean like in an interpersonal level. Mm-hmm. I've always said I'm impressed, Corinne. Like, is friends with everybody she used to be friends with. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's rare in our business. Oh, I hate that. I, I hate it, too. But I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I, I acknowledge that about you, and I think it's great. Thanks. Yeah. So it's nice that it's just a moment and that it's not a thing that has a lasting legacy, because it shouldn't have. You yeah. Know what I mean? So... Have you have you run into people of color who bring that up and are still offended by it? Uh, I got a, I got, I got, uh, one or two messages from people, not stand-up comedians, uh, different, you know, yeah, I got one from an improv comedian, um, <laughs> of course, uh, who thought it was about them and I go, it wasn't about you, but nice, thanks, thank, nice try. Oh, well. Um, it was about Mike Brown. I'm very open about that. Mike knows, Mike, Mike came on and talked about it. Uh, Mike and I are super good friends still. And it was actually nice because like the couple days after it happened, I was remember being at New York comedy club and Derek Gaines and Monroe Martin, um, came up to me and they were both just like, Hey, don't worry about it. Huh. Like, do not worry about anything that's going on. We love you. And I thought that was like such a nice, simple gesture and it meant a lot. That's There's great. a couple, but Ricky that Velez nice. also mm-hmm. uh, was really cool about it. And Luis G. Gomez re- really surprisingly did a, a whole like a 30 minute segment on it on real ass podcast beef too, right? Oh, we had it. Even at that time, we still had a beef. We hadn't reconciled at that time. Um, that was right before we did. And 
I had heard that he was talking about it. And of course I was, I didn't listen to what it was. And I just got agitated. Cause I was like, you're not helping. I ran into him and I was like, you're not helping. Like, why are you doing this? Like as a fellow comic, like, why are you talking about it? You know, when you talk about it, it just gives it more heat. And he was like, did you listen to it? And I was like, no. And he, I was like, I don't want to listen to it and get more pissed. And he's like, just listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I went home and listened and, and listened to it and watched it. And I wrote him a, a note and I was like, that was, thank you so much for doing that. Um, because I thought it was eloquent and I was, he it was unnecessary. He didn't need to do that. Uh, and I was really moved by it. So like a gesture like that kind of will flip my whole opinion on a person. Right. And it's things like that, that like when I get sad, I think like, it's okay. Like there's still people who have your back. And I think ultimately probably why Lewis and I hated each other so much was because we're, we're kind of very similar, but just like he, like I'm the him of the, like the left leaning him. And he's like, he's not even that right leaning, but like a little on the, you know, mm-hmm. the skanks edge. Right. And, uh, so that was, you know, we were able to reconcile yeah. after that. That's, just, yeah. that's Lewis J. Gomez from Legion of Skanks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's that's yeah i'm so glad to hear that um yeah it's nice and it, yeah. it's as simple as something like that because there's a way to do that in an annoying way too we're like i'm so sorry but like i'm trying to like be closer friends with you or something you know what i mean people do it for them and to be simple about it like a monroe and derek like you know those are they're like derek especially is kind of like a manly guy totally. you know I mean? so like for him to have like a vulnerable open moment like that like means a lot yeah and like those are all colleagues and people who i'm friends with but there's none of those, none of those people do i hang out with outside of comedy I even got texts from like Sam Morell, Mark Norman. And again, people I'm friendly with, but not friends yeah, with, certainly. Friends, yeah. um, and I was kind of upset because it was like mostly men, I have to say, who who reached out. And I know people be like, oh, it's because they wanted to fuck you. And like, it's not, you know, I have mm. fucked on some of those people, but it, it, that's not that's <laughs> not why. Um, uh, you know, whatever. They've they been on the podcast. It's not a secret. Um, but, mm-hmm. it, you know, and, and so it, it kind of hurt me. Like it, when women uh, don't support other women, that really hurts me the most. Molly Austin and Christy Cello definitely uh, reached out. So that, that was cool of them. But overall, it was like a lot of men and then women, radio silence. <laughs> and, and, and another thing to note is, uh, you know, this, this incident, this moment, whatever, scandal occurred mm-hmm. in 2013, 14? Uh, the episode, I think, is from 2015. Okay, sure. It was almost five years later. So it was like... Like late 2014, early 2015. And then, and then, yeah, everything happened like almost five years later. So this is another classic example of something that is brought to the light uh, years and years after it happened. Yeah. Where, you know, you start getting in trouble for something you did so long ago that you probably weren't even fucking thinking about anymore. And you would also, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but mm-hmm. it's like we see people have tweets un- unearthed from sure. what they wrote a decade before. Right. Yeah. And then they, for some reason, have to pay the piper today mm-hmm. for that. And it's like, you know, would you even have said that in, in today's day and age? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, I certainly wasn't thinking about it five years later because it got a little heat at the time and oh, we handled it then on the following week's episode because we handled everything very real time and guys, we fucked. We liked everything to feel just very in the moment. Um, so we handled it. We had Mike Brown on because I feel like, okay, this is 
That was my main problem. I wasn't making a, a statement about an entire race or community of people. I was talking about the specific person. And also it's me, my experience and who I want to fuck. I wasn't saying um, I only hire thug black. I wasn't saying I will. I only respect. I only listen to. All I said is my loins only feel nice around these kinds of people. And like, you know, maybe I haven't met the different kind of person yet, but like just in general, I stereotype, we all have a type, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some guys who just like all women, but that's, you know, not me. I'm all pretty selective. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it was just irritating. And like, yeah, in this day and age, I would have worded it differently, but I still feel the same way sexually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that has not changed, and you shouldn't have to apologize. And for that. I, yeah, and I, and I, and I don't. So it's the wording because even like I have a my other podcast was about Justin Bieber, and I went back and watched, uh, ironically enough, the roast of Justin Bieber. And there's a lot of people of color on that roast. And if you listen to the jokes, especially like N- Natasha Leggero, kind of known for like great cutting jokes, and that was from around the same time period as the quote problematic episode came out. And that episode is filled with racial jokes that absolutely would not be airing on a pod uh, on a roast uh, mm-hmm. th- on Comedy Central today. So it's like culture changes. Yeah. And then you go back and you watch the, the beginning of, you know, Eddie Murphy's uh, oh, special. Oh, he, he has 10 minutes on faggot. He has 10 minutes. He opens with 10 minutes of, and it's not just like, and, I'll, and, and, and to me, that's a lot more hateful fueled i mean he's actually being like right i don't like faggots and, yeah. he, and when he says faggot he means like and he says gay a, faggot, people. a faggot yeah 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 so because i was you know i just like to do my uh homework and watch any special that i haven't seen in a long time where we watch things and i put that on and i was like i had to turn it off just because i was like well i just don't think this is funny right. but on top of it it's like Holy shit. It almost makes you think back to like blackface and mm-hmm. minstrel shows. And you're like, well, how could they possibly have thought that's funny? That mm-hmm. is so offensive. Right. right. And yet in the moment, in the, moment. In the time, time, that was the language of the hour. Yeah. That was sure. the, the sense of humor. That was what you know, pop culture was like in that time. Yeah. Comedy does go stale. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to remember. It's just like you wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't sit down today and read a newspaper from 1966 and be like, this is factual. Right. You know, we used to think cigarettes were okay. The things change. You learn more yeah. by having conversations and open conversations. And that's the problem. Like I just cannot walk on eggshells and I don't think it's good for society. So whether you're dealing with, whether you're dealing with humor or you're dealing with serious topics you need to be able to ask that like quote dumb or quote racist or homophobic or i certainly get a ton of anti-semitic um questions and i never you know when people ask me that question like i literally had someone ask me why are jews cheap but they didn't say it with venom in their voice and so i really (laughs) didn't mind and i explained to them why i think you know what that is based on Mm -hmm. off a culture of just like really using every last thing and not being wasteful and then that can be interpreted as cheap and also we do love money (laughs) (laughs) uh have have you two done in your lives uh, a tweet purge have you gone back into your twitter history and 
searched for keywords. I haven't searched. I, I read a Washington Post article. There's a service. Yeah, um, I've done it. Uh, I use it too. Yeah, that just deletes, you know, you sh- like because they said you shouldn't have really more than a year's worth of tweets up at any given time. So I have it automatically set to delete. Yeah, I have three months. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't have that, but I did go back with uh with some kind of keyword search and i typed in like 50 words mm-hmm. uh you know and looked through all of them mm-hmm. and um i was pleased to see that i didn't really have anything I, I think i deleted a couple but i was just being super careful right uh but i do think that's a very good idea for anyone who has aspirations to be a public figure athlete musician whatever it may be you know because you don't remember what you yeah. said 10 years ago in a fucking tweet yeah and also yeah. out of context i mean i had things with you know words in them that like were quotes from other people but they're still going to come up and i mean they're in quotation marks Mm -hmm. but like I also had this Twitter account since before I was a comedian I just had it when I was just a person existing and so you're looking at things differently you're approaching things differently when you're a less skilled comic things you're like is that even a joke or (laughs) are they just making a statement you grow and comedy just grows in general and just like you said things like I was reading these old campaign posters Mm -hmm. from the 70s like they're like the Richard Nixon campaign would be like you can't lick a dick you Mm -hmm. can't lick dick Literally, and the all things like that that now, obviously today, we're like, ha ha ha, that's insane. What does that even right. mean? And I think what we can look back the same way on mean? offensive comedy. I think it means don't be gay. Like you can't, you can't like beat up Richard Nixon. <laughs> no, I oh, you can't. <laughs> I know. Lick, <laughs> like lick him in a fight. Yeah. We also don't use the word lick like <laughs> that right. anymore yeah. in modern in, in this exactly. modern English. Right. Um, look back on that and laugh, but. And I think you can do the same thing looking back on like blackface is obviously insanely offensive, but it's also like hilarious that they that was OK then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In a way. It, it's Some amazing. Um, someone was explaining this to me and it might have been Charles McBee when we did that show. OK. But uh, there's a difference, a big difference between ignorance where you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And then hateful intended barbed ignorance mm-hmm. where you know and you still feel hate towards something mm-hmm. right so it's like if i didn't know why blackface was offensive and i was like why is blackface offensive it doesn't seem like that big of a deal like that to me is not as bad as someone being like yeah i know the history of blackface and i still think it's fine fuck anyone who has a different opinion right <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's just like there's hate let's yeah. do the email I was thinking that too. Yeah, we have an email. Oh, okay. the, I was. I was like. I was like. Have you gone through my my old BlackBerry? Is this? Yeah. Is this a Hillary Clinton? <laughs> we have access show? to your Corinne. This is a Hillary segment. August eighteenth, two thousand sixteen. Is it true? You used this service. <laughs> All right. So we have people who email us about you know their mistakes yeah. or whatever. And this one's this girl kind of seems a little conflicted about her thing. This one's heavy. She can't decide if it's a mistake or not. But it's called okay. my threesome. My threesome mistake story. When I was 16, I was hooking up with a kid from my tiny Northeastern Catholic school class of 45 people. He had a girlfriend and I had low self-esteem, so it was pretty much a match made in heaven. Mm. First person I consistently slept with. We would hook up in an abandoned parking lot near Ruby Tuesdays before and after school. Ooh, I love their salad bar. (laughs) I did whatever he wanted because I was afraid if I didn't, he would abandon me. My low self-esteem was a result of bullying and isolation and maybe some minor daddy issues. One day, he asked me to have a threesome with him and his friend. Somehow, I found myself getting double penetrated in his friend's bedroom in my cheerleading uniform while my parents thought I was tutoring somewhere for finals. 
Sounds kind of hot. Gonna be honest. I know the devil's threesome. <laughs> the, the cheer, whatever. The threesome was a big secret because of the having a girlfriend factor. I finally ended things with him about four months later. My self-esteem was self-correcting. I was no longer engaging in reckless sex. Since our class size was so small, it eventually came out that he had been cheating on his girlfriend. Immediately after, he told everyone about the threesome. <laughs> Oh. Eventually, he got back to my little brother who went to a different school. Oof. Kids would constantly tease him for having a slutty sister. He texted my mom about it while we were on a college tour trip visiting UGA. He was driving, and I saw the message pop up on her phone, and my heart sank into my chest. I never felt so alienated in my life. I didn't feel welcome at my school or in my home. I felt like a pariah. I was valedictorian of our tiny class, soccer captain. In my parents' eyes, it was like I could do no wrong, and suddenly they no longer knew who I was. Mm. They no longer trusted me. It probably took a full year and moving as far away as possible for my life to be normal again. At no at school, no matter what I accomplished, it was always trumped by the fact that I had had a threesome. Even my next-door neighbor knew I had a threesome. I had a threesome before it's time. <laughs> if this happened in college, the outcome would have been completely different. Sometimes I look back on my threesome and it feels like an accomplishment. Other times I look back and I feel like I'm staring into a graveyard. My relationship with sex has never been healthy. I learned that sex could be used as a bargaining chip for closeness. Mm. It completely destroyed my relationship with my brother for about five years. I understand why he didn't appreciate being harassed for my indiscretion. I will never forget the look on my dad's face as I explained to him that I soberly had a threesome on my own accord. It made me feel dirty and unworthy for a very long time. I'm not the person who did that. I'm not the person who did that anymore. That girl isn't me. But now when I go to my hometown, that's how I'm, I'm remembered. I'm the girl who had a threesome. My life is incredibly organized. I'm ambitious and successful, but at times so incredibly reckless and messy in my sex life. I don't know if I regret the threesome. Sometimes I tell the story and laugh. Other times I cry. Mm-hmm. I mean, my feedback is that that, that town is lame. Yeah, it's seriously. like years later, they're still talking about the one girl. I'm like, guys, more people should have threesomes if you want to. I, I am not a fan of threesomes, but I mean, the fact the fact that that's what they're honing in on. I'm like, to me, the, there's the cheating is way more of an issue totally. than the threesome. And it's the the boyfriend is the main problem because it's like yeah like if you know someone has a significant other yeah you shouldn't sleep with them but it's always the person in the relationship who has the responsibility not to cheat the primary responsibility not to cheat we all have responsibility for our own you know and we all have responsibility for what we want our own moral code to look like um and i always you know try to encourage people not to cheat by being like you know you just wouldn't want someone to do that to you imagine how you would feel it's embarrassing it's it makes you feel shitty i think it's the embarrassment is the worst part of the cheating but yeah i mean that's just like some twisted backwards society that she's living in yeah crazy i think there's truth to that it's a small town it's a story that people are definitely going to talk about for me 16 to be uh, willingly double penetrated. I feel like that's young. Oh yeah. She definitely has some issues. She, she needs to work out, but the town, the town doesn't need to shame her. That's just something she needs to go to therapy on her own time for. Totally. Right. totally. And, and, and the fact that her brother and her parents, most of all, made her feel like she did something bad like this is the problem that is so common especially with women that uh we associate from such a young age as like she as she mentioned sex is a bargaining chip absolutely still as you know as an adult 
uh, so it's a bargaining chip. Um, but then also it's something that you are a bad or dirty or a moral person, immoral person if you engage in. Having a threesome and being double penetrated if you want to and if you feel good about yourself is absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, if I was her parent, I would I would be more like concerned. Be like, are you are you OK? Why did you decide to do that? Do you feel OK? Was that was that a decision you made? Were you pressured into it? You know, that kind of a question. Mm-hmm. Not like right. you're dirty. And also reassurance yeah. being like, yeah. you're a daughter. We love you. You're great. Like, yeah, it's okay. You're experimenting, whatever. Like granted, it yeah. sounds like she wasn't maybe like, it was like a thing about a whatever a complex, but yeah. yeah, like we love you. You're great. Go be great. And yeah. the fact that it like undoes accomplishments, like, like valedictorian. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy. And that town is fucked up. Like I remember I, I lived in a small town and it would always make me really sick to my stomach when I would hear adults talking about the teenage oh, gossip, yeah. their mm-hmm. kids gossip, talking about, oh, she's a this or she's a that. That was so insane to me. Yeah. Like this one girl started dating a quarterback from the other town mm-hmm. and like the parents of the town were like really upset. Like I can't mm-hmm. believe she'd do that to him. Like she, what? It's all deflection. It's all people... You know, their lives are either boring or not going in the direction that they wanted to. So they have to deflect and and talk about something else. It just reminds it reminds me of my high school experience. I have a, a RuPaul quote in my yearbook and it said I give them something in their uh, tired, boring lives to talk about. Uh, at the dinner table and I live by that <laughs> to this good. day I mean yeah. I feel it's you can you know it's still it's still very me and so I was I was me since I was you know 14 years old but just people are so fucking bored mm-hmm. I don't understand yeah. I mean I'm like moving into a new building now there's this like guy who's not the super but like has keys to the basement and like is lurking in the corner looking at what I'm doing and I've already gotten in a fight with him I don't even live in the building yet I'm just like it's like he's like 65 <laughs> years old I'm like truly like I, I almost feel bad for you like do you want me to buy you therapy like what is going on in your life that you care about some 33 year old chick who's moving in to the building is he giving you a hard time he's giving me a hard time and like it, that's not gonna fly yeah. I worked 16 years to buy this place and you are not gonna take away my joy it's not gonna happen I, w- I, I would love to see you. you go on go off on him with with that st- type of like you know I earned this oh I'm going you. to it's gonna happen I'll record it for you <laughs> please World do star. I would love to see you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, it's I just I don't I don't I there are so little time in the day. There's so many books I want to read that I haven't had a chance to read. The fact that I would have time to look in someone else's, you know, meddle in someone else's business is just blows my mind. Yeah. Like, do I stalk people I have crushes on? Absolutely. But I find that soothing. Different. <laughs> it's a different category. It's positive. It's not venomous. Yes. <laughs> Uh, well, I think that that uh, just about does it for today. Uh, Corinne Fisher, thank you so much for coming on Oops! The Podcast. Tell us where we can find you. I hope you have someone redoing a Britney Spears song for the <laughs> for the theme song. We're hoping to have her on someday. Oh, my yeah. God. I love yeah. it. Uh, you can find me at CorinneFisher.com. I'm on all social media at Philanthropy Gal. It is tongue in cheek. Don't worry about it. Uh, and I have two podcasts, uh, guys, we fucked the anti slut shaming podcast with Christina Hutchinson exclusively on luminary and then two less lonely girls, which is a delightful short pop culture podcast that I do with Rosebud Baker. Uh, that's on all platforms free. And we are currently putting together a, a group that will 
not Trump, but be very close to the Spice Girls in greatness mm. called me also. Love awesome. It. Julio, what about you? Um, yeah, catch me and not Julio. We're bringing back Fat Baby uh, in the fall at the stand. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just going to be like a party format. We're going to start around 11 o'clock and then show will probably happen around one if it even happens. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, it's really fun. How are you selling tickets to this? It's uh, free. Uh, maybe, oh, because I was like, maybe there'll be a comedy show. <laughs> yeah. It's free. It's definitely going to be a great party and we feel like we really captured the essence of the old fat baby as well. So definitely come check it out. Uh, yeah. Francis. Oh yeah. I'm at Francis CC Ellis on Instagram at Francis C Ellis on Twitter. Just a typo. Uh, go to Francis slash shows to see my upcoming tour dates. I'm in Tacoma, Seattle area on September 6th. I'm in Nashville, September 26th at Zany's. Um, I'm there the weekend before you. Oh, cool. Oh wait, no, sorry. October the weekend after. Okay. Gotcha. Name rhyme. I'll, uh, I'll warm it up for you <laughs> with my 14 people that come. Um, oh, people no, will come. We'll see. You're popular. Yeah. Oh, I, once upon a time. Um, we are uh, thrilled that you are with us. Please like, share the podcast, send in your mistake emails to oops, the podcast at gmail.com and subscribe and share it. Uh, thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Yay. Enjoy yourselves.